So we just did a four part series on what lies ahead. We did. So what lies ahead after what lies ahead? That's a really good question. I'll have to think about that one or rethink. another episode of Together for Salem. Monica, Aaron, we're here on behalf of Cross Creek Community Church here in the lovely Shalom, Salem, Oregon. Thank you for watching on YouTube and podcasters. If you're new, fill out the welcome form. We would love to say hello to you, find a way to connect with you. Sup, podcasters? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Podcasters love that every time you say it. They let me know that. They really... Oh, do they? Do they email you? No, but I just know they do. Okay, cool. The uh, web welcome form is really easy. It's on our website. The link is in the description or the show notes and on the screen. We'll send you a free gift card just for saying hello. And you can ask for a Bible, join a group, ask for prayer, ask questions. John will reply to you. You can ask John any question and he'll reply. How about that for a challenge? He gives really good answers. He does. To put him on the spot. So we talk a lot about following Jesus on these episodes, but what does that even mean? See, the problem is we all have our own preconceived ideas of what it means to follow Jesus. It comes from what we've been taught, maybe, what we've experienced through others, or maybe just what we've assumed from media and what we see on the internet and that type of thing. Like, is, does following Jesus, does it mean, is it just a uh, fancy way to say being a Christian, like tricking people saying, well, I'm not a Christian because that has baggage. We're just following Jesus. I mean, does, does following Jesus mean just being a churchgoer, uh, believing the right things, behaving a certain way? Or does following Jesus mean like cleaning up or trying our best to, to follow the rules? Maybe that is what you assumed it was and maybe that's why you might have given up on Christianity or following Jesus uh, maybe you feel like that is what Christianity or following Jesus is and it makes you feel far from God because you haven't been able to live up to those standards and you feel like he's disappointed in you or maybe you never gave it a chance just because you know that's rules that's not really for you I totally get that uh, maybe you know following Jesus means standing up for God whatever that looks like to you, you know, like making sure everyone else is following the rules the way you define the rules. Maybe that's the type of Jesus follower you've experienced. And that made you decide, you know, this stuff is just not for me. Or is following Jesus just blindly believing really hard, no matter what, that there's a God and a Jesus. Or is following Jesus studying the Bible? right? Knowing a lot about God, knowing more and more about God. And yeah, it's, it's good to know about God. But if you really think about it, the people who killed Jesus knew a whole lot about God. So then is, those are all wrong, right? Obviously with my tone, but maybe following Jesus is being nice, or you might've picked up on the, the church word, the Bible word, the Jesus word, love. You know, it's just being nice. It's, it's loving each other. That's good, right? It's like being cool with the people who are cool with me. That's, that's good, but everybody does that. 
And what does love actually mean? Who gets to define what love is? How do we even know what love actually looks like? So then maybe following Jesus is being like Jesus. Great. I think that's pretty close. But how? How are we to be like Jesus? Like quit our jobs, walk around town talking about the kingdom of God. Maybe just stand on the street corner preaching about God. Um, or <laughs> make some whips and turn over tables of things we disagree with, maybe figuratively. And I think if we're honest, this whole thing gets even more muddy because a lot of us don't even have time to think about what it means to follow Jesus. Like not everybody's sitting at home being like, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? We've got like our real lives to deal with. We're just trying to get through each week or each day, not just not like try to understand God. I mean, if look, if we just do our best, God will understand, right? And then we'll be good. But the thing is, there's better than that offered to us. See, Jesus didn't die just so we could get by and have God be cool with us. So what does it really mean to follow Jesus in the 21st century? And so with this series, we want to clear a few things up. And what we're going to find, the answer we're going to find, we're going to find it. <laughs> and so we're going to find our answer by looking at what it was like to follow Jesus in the first century. We're going to look at his interactions with his first followers. And so to do that, I think we should look at the beginning. And as we look at the beginning of following Jesus, I think we're going to discover that following Jesus starts with knowing and being known by Jesus. And to kind of put this in context, we're going to look at an account of Jesus talking to his first disciples of kind of saying, hey, come follow me. We find it in what we call the book of Luke. Luke was an ancient historian who like went and interviewed all the people who knew Jesus and compiled it in the book of Luke that we have in the New Testament. He's writing it about 60 or 70 AD. And he records for us what it was like to first follow Jesus. One day... As Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, or Simon Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And think about it. That must have been an amazing sermon, amazing teaching, right? All these people are pushing Jesus to listen to Jesus and he's like backing up to the water and his sandals are getting wet. He's like, dudes, chill out. Let me get in this boat so you can stop crowding each other. That must have been like some deep theological stuff, right? That's like the mysteries of God being explained by God in a human body. If that's the case, which it was, why didn't Luke record what Jesus is saying there? He doesn't say what Jesus was teaching. Why? Because knowing Jesus, we're going to see this in this story, knowing Jesus is more than knowing about Jesus. See, Luke's focus wasn't just knowing more about Jesus. It was actually what it was like to know Jesus. See, it's like this. I follow the president on social media. Don't worry. I followed the other one too. It's not a thing. I follow the president on social media. I know a lot about him. I read articles about what he said and decisions he makes, but I don't really know him, right? 
I don't know how he thinks. To do that, I'd have to actually spend time with him, see how he responds in real life situations, see what his actual priorities are, see what actually catches his attention and motivates him to do what he does. Actually experience a personal relationship with them. You can know a lot about somebody, but not actually know them. And the point is to know and be known by Jesus. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Why? <laughs> like Jesus, great. You just got done teaching. Are you hungry? You, you need some fish? No. As we, as we go further in the story, Jesus wanted Simon to know who Jesus was. See, Jesus wanted Simon to know who he was. See, Jesus actually does want us to know him personally, which is leads us to another question. Why? <laughs> why does he even care? If he is God, what's, what's the big deal? Why does he want us to know him personally? And that's a deep question that we could explore for the rest of our lives. But I think the main idea is because he loves us. And he wants us to experience the life that that love creates. And to know him more is to know how much he loves us more and to enjoy that life even more. So Jesus says, hey, Simon, take your boat out deeper. Go fishing. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. He calls him master, which, you know, shows he knows who Jesus is a little bit, like he knows about Jesus. And so calling him master is a sign of respect. Like, Jesus, you're obviously a good teacher. You know, you're, you're a great rabbi. These people really want to listen to you. There's, there's, you're a holy man in some way. There's something special about you. And a lot of people, a lot of us kind of stop there when it comes to knowing Jesus or knowing about Jesus. We don't actually say this out loud because that would be rude. But we probably feel this at times. Like, Jesus, you know, <clears throat> you're a good teacher. Like, I like what you say. I like this love idea that you have. Like, love your enemies and forgive and God loves you and stuff. But, like, you don't really know my life right now, today. Like, you don't really know exactly what you're, you're talking about. Like, what you taught 2,000 years ago, those are great ideals. Like, things we, humanity should live up to. But they don't actually, like, work in the real world and i'm busy like jesus you get it i'm busy right like i'll listen to what you say like that's that's good and if somebody else wants to say it and show me an episode about it that's cool too and i'll i'll try to be nicer but don't really ask me to do something uncomfortable or actually change something or like make some type of weird life commitment to you but peter actually took it a step further see he says peter go let down your nets Right. And Peter's like, look, Jesus, this is not the right time to fish. You fish at night during this time. You're in the wrong part of the lake, but I'll try it. See, he didn't know much about Jesus, but the difference with Peter, with Simon, is that he was willing to try. He was willing. See, being willing is the beginning of knowing Jesus. To say, look, I'm willing. This might be you. I'm willing to look into this Jesus thing. I'm willing to see if it's real. I'm willing to keep pulling that thread no matter where it leads me. I'm willing. Like, or Jesus, I feel like you're asking me to, to take a step, to, to make some change. I'm willing to give it a try, whether it's 
you know, our, our process here with Cross Creek of, of a small group, being part of a small group, or, or watching an episode like you're doing right now, or reading maybe something about the Bible, or maybe even joining one of the alliances that we're starting. We have to be willing. That is the first step in knowing Jesus. And so Peter says, okay, I'll try it. I'll give this a try. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Oh, I get this verse now, right? Okay, so if I'm willing to obey Jesus, even when it doesn't make sense, he'll give me more than I want, right? <laughs> no. I mean, no. <laughs> we'll talk about this in a future episode of this series. But see, what Jesus was doing here is he wanted to get Simon's attention. He wanted Simon to know him. And so he used what Simon already knew, fishing. Simon knew this wasn't supposed to work, and then it worked. It got his attention because he knew fishing. See, Jesus uses who we are to show us who he is. And so think about it. How is he showing you who he is? And I've talked about this a while ago, but for me, he often uses humor. Like there's been times where he just shows me something that's funny and shows me that <clears throat> he and I kind of have the same sense of humor. Or he'll often like bring a, a dangerous question to me and like, a, well, what if it's actually, you know, what you thought it was was this, but what actually it is, is this. And it can lead down a dangerous path, but he knows that that's kind of, for me personally, that's kind of how I like to work. But a big thing in my life is my family, my kids, my wife. And one thing that he's used with kids, and sorry if you don't have kids, you're probably sick of people like me talking about what God's taught me through my kids. But for me, it's this idea that knowing my kids, knowing I will never stop loving my kids no matter what happens with them, shows me that my heavenly father loves me that way as well. That there's nothing I can do to make him stop loving me. And he teaches me about him, more about who he is, through using who I am. And think about this. How would you respond now? So put yourself back in this story. How would you respond if you were Simon? You know that's not supposed to happen that way. Like fish don't jump in the net during the day at that part of the lake, but it worked. How would you respond? When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Simon knew fishing. Like I said, he knew what this meant. He knew for this to happen, this man who just said, hey, throw your net over there, isn't just a regular man. See, he's not calling him just master anymore. He called him Lord. And he's not yet saying that you are God. That comes later in the stories. And maybe you're not there yet to call Jesus God. That's okay. Totally fine. What, Paul, what Peter is saying here is that Jesus, like there's something about you. This isn't normal. You're not an ordinary person. You are more than just a respected teacher. You are a man from God. You are a holy man from God. See, he also knew enough to know that unholy, the unholy, can't be in the presence of holy. Right? From everything he's been taught with the Jewish religion, the Jewish rules and laws, that holy things need to be separated from unholy things. And he's saying, look, Jesus, I don't know much about you, but I know I am not good enough 
to be around you. Like I am not the type of person that this kind of thing happens to. I'm not the type of person that a person like you should be around, that a person like you should give attention to. And the funny thing is, whether we're Jesus followers or not, is that at some level, we kind of all feel that in some place, don't we? Like if there is a God, then we're unworthy to even be known by him. Maybe we're unworthy even to be acceptable to him. What's that about? Why do we, why do we have that feeling? And so Peter says, leave me. Like I am a sinful man. You are, I cannot, you should not be around me. What's Jesus's response? Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Like stop freaking out. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. So Jesus says, oh, you have a past. Oh, huh. I had no idea. Okay, I'm out of here. Or, oh, you're not into religion or you're not perfect. I'm shocked. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. He says, like, Peter, first, okay, calm down. Yeah, I know that was cool, right? And we'll have a great dinner with this fish. But first, calm down. Stop being afraid. Yeah, okay. I know exactly who you are. In fact, I know better who you are than you do. And you don't have to be afraid. I'm calling you exactly who you are right now to be with me just as you are, to follow me, to be one of my guys, my main guys, to follow me and then watch the difference I make in you. See, Jesus knows and accepts us for who we are, but he sees us for who we can be. Saying, Simon, your life is about to change. I have something more for you than just catching fish. From now on, you will be catching people for life. You'll be catching people, you'll be capturing people into life. It's like this play on words of you were catching fish to eat, kill them and eat them. Now you'll be catching people to give them life. This was a starting point of an entirely new life that Peter could never have imagined. And think about it. What if... Peter chose to stay on that boat, stay with the fish. He's like, Jesus, that was cool. Thanks for paying some bills for me. And, you know, uh, following you sounds cool and all, but I know fishing. I'm good at fishing. I mean, not the night before, but I'm usually pretty good at it. So I think I'm good. I'll, I'll stay here. Like, how would the course of his life have been different? How would the course of world history been different if Peter's like, eh, I'm good. See, being willing to take the first step has a ripple effect that we can never know at the time of making that first step. And so there's three things I want you to know. The first one is Jesus knows you. Yes, you watching this, I can't see you, but he knows you. He knows you that he knows that you are more than your job. You're you're more than your your family of origin. You're more than your successes. You're more than your failures. You're more than your regrets. You're more than your past. And you are way more than maybe other people say about you. He knows you. And he accepts you. He knows you and Jesus accepts you. He loves you. He sees who you are and he sees who you can and will be through him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to experience the life that he offers. He knows you. He accepts you. And it doesn't stop there. He invites you. 
he invites you to follow him, to actually know him. Maybe for some of you watching, this would mean a first step. You are invited to take a first step toward Jesus. He's already stepped in the boat. Now he's just saying, hey, how about you step a little bit closer? How about you be willing to maybe look into this? Maybe watch a few, be willing to watch a few more episodes in this series to see who Jesus really is. Maybe be willing to, to pray for the first time and nothing fancy. Just say, Jesus, if you're real, show me in some way. Maybe be willing to read about Jesus' life or willing to discuss Jesus with some people who maybe invited you to watch this or some people you know that are Jesus followers. And maybe it's time for you to be willing to actually follow him. Say, Jesus, I'm yours. Take me wherever you're going because I want to follow you. You can just tell him that. And then let us know so we can help you in that journey. Email us at info at yourcrosscreek.com and we'll get, help walk with you in that journey. And maybe you, you are a Jesus follower and we're discovering together more of what that looks like, but you're ready to go deeper in that relationship. You'd say, well, I, I need to read the Bible more. Great. But when we read the Bible, when we read the New Testament, we don't just read it to know about. We read it to apply it. See, study and learning is good. It's not bad. But it has to lead somewhere. Questions have to lead to answers. Study has to lead to action. See, it has to lead to a living relationship, walking every day with Jesus together. See, knowing has to turn into action. That action is trust. That's what it means to follow Jesus. See, the more you choose to trust Jesus, the more you will come to know Jesus. So how exactly do we do that? How do we know Jesus more and, and trust him more? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that answer for you. I wanted to, I really, when I was working on this, I wanted to give a, hey, do this to know Jesus more three-step plan. I couldn't do it because it's different for every person. Every person's relationship with Jesus is different. Just like every person's relationship with their friends, their family, and their spouses is different than what everyone else's looks like. But Peter took a huge step of trust when he left everything and followed Jesus. Maybe Jesus isn't calling you to leave everything. But when we do follow Jesus, there is always something that must be left behind. Maybe it's prior beliefs, prior assumptions of who Jesus is. Maybe we need to leave behind personal preferences or, or present interests or just our feeling of self-sufficiency. Or maybe we need to leave behind some unbelief. It might require a career change like, like Peter's. Or it might just require changing how we see our career, how we see ourselves or, or those around us or, or our role in their lives. It might be being willing to see yourself and your future self as Jesus sees you, accepting who you are and who you can become by following Jesus. So the real question I have for you is, are you willing to know Jesus more? Are you willing? That's the first step. Are you willing to know Jesus more, to take where you are now and what you know Jesus and go further? If you are, I do have a two-step program for that. First, pray. Very simple. 
pray. Jesus, help me know you deeper. It's not a difficult one. Jesus, help me know you deeper. And then through that, I would say, read one of the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you want to finish it quickly, start with Mark. It's the shortest one. And for now, as you're reading this, maybe if it's your first time for now, read it this way. If this is like your 50th time, this time that you read the gospel, whichever gospel you pick, don't just focus on what Jesus does or what you're supposed to believe. Focus on why Jesus does the things he does in these accounts. See, search for Jesus's heart in these. Why is he healing these people? Why is he saying these things? Why is he going there? Search for his heart. Get to know him on a deeper level. And maybe do it with a partner. Do it with an ally. Maybe form an alliance and study a, not just study, but look into one of the gospel accounts together. Following Jesus is almost always simpler than we make it out to be. See, following Jesus doesn't require special advanced knowledge or ignoring the life around us or being churchy or a rigid rule follower. We just have to be willing, willing to take the first steps, willing to know him for who he really is, willing to see ourselves as he really sees us with all of our shortcomings, our sins, and all of that, along with the changes that we're going to see following him. We need to trust him in our daily path, to walk with him, to follow what he says, do what he says, and go where he leads. See, the closer we know Jesus, the simpler it becomes to follow him. Are we willing, am I willing to know Jesus more? You talked about reading the book of Mark. Are you going to do that? Short, action-packed. You could read with a buddy. You could join a bunch of buddies. A bunch of buddies. Right. Or you could join a one buddy. Uh -huh. um, you can do all these things in the welcome form. If you want to do a smaller group, one-on-one -on -one type thing, we have those available for you. They're called alliances for now. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can do those. Maybe forever. Maybe for forever. We'll see. It's pretty fun. John just wants to show this clip again. Do you want to form an alliance with me? Absolutely, I do. Good, good, excellent. So, alliances. That's a one-on-one -on -one situation. We also have connect groups, but great ways to get to know Jesus, not just know more about Jesus, but develop a relationship with Jesus and with other people who are on the same journey as you. So this was part one. We have a few more parts. We're just gonna look at following Jesus how he walked in the first century and how we can follow him in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. So a couple of announcements. We're gonna give away $25 to Chicha Brewing. Mm -hmm. From last week, we talked about it. You can watch that episode if you wanna hear more about Chicha or you can just follow them on social media. Or you can just go there. Which is my suggestion. Eat and drink the stuff over there. Yeah, if you live in the Salem area. Yeah. But our winner is, drum roll. <laughs> oh, Jazzy. Ali S, congratulations. Thank you for entering. What? Thank you to everyone who entered on social media. You can also email us if you don't want to enter on socials. But, That's true. Um, Ali, you won yourself $25 to Chicha Brewing in West Salem. I think she'll know how to spend that. A great spot. Yeah. Yep. This week, we are giving away another $25. Did you mm. know that? I would have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. What's our spot this week? But do you know where we're giving it away to? 
Gilgamesh. Man, yeah, Gilgamesh, Good I was going to say that. We're giving it away to Gilgamesh Brewing. Yes. They recently got broken into. I think it's for the second time Ugh. in like the last year. So we're going to throw some love their way. So if you haven't been to Gilgamesh, there's a couple locations in Salem, but they have great food, great brews. It's another brewery, sorry guys, but they have other options. So check it out, all ages can go. And it's a wonderful, wonderful Salem grown uh, restaurant for you to check out. And we'll be giving away $25. Sounds good. Yeah. Doesn't it? Mm. It sounds kind of good right you now. still have those fried chickpeas, man. Oh, man. Talk about those chickpeas. Yeah. Great. Some people call them garbanzo beans because they're garbanzo-licious. <laughs> All right. If you're watching this before Sunday, which maybe, maybe not, um, but Sunday the 13th, we're going to do a park cleanup at Woodman Sea Park in South Salem. Mm -hmm. We would love for you to show up and throw in some of your hard work and efforts. That's We're right. going to be um, spreading bark chips and painting and cleaning up areas that the city of Salem designates to us. We're very excited about this opportunity, but there will be more. If you can't do this one in June, there will be another one in July. So stay June, tuned. you want to join us on Sunday though. That's the question. There it is. Yeah. And anything that we're doing um, as far as like on-site parties and gatherings will be on our website. So check that out for more information. You can find a link in the show notes or description. Hope you enjoyed the uh, beginning of this uh, new series. That's right. And there's going to be more to come. Right. Time to rethink some things. Mm -hmm. It'll be a good challenge for us. First, you should think and then probably discuss these questions. <laughs> <laughs>